Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm hoping that you are catching me. <laughs> this might be, this might never be heard by anybody. Yep, uh, sorry, we are recording on new equipment. We still have the same soundboard. But we have new microphones. This is Catholic Stuff Podcast, Catholic Stuff You Should Know. and uh, Ghetto Catholic technology. Father Nathan. We were theologically trained, not technology trained. Father Michael O'Loughlin. We, uh, Father Michael likes to open boxes, <laughs> and uh, he decided to open up all the new um, recording equipment. But we didn't really test it, and we're still kind of janky because we don't have headphones and I opened up the boxes while sitting on the ground just because I felt like Christmas. And it my did family feel like always Christmas. sits on the floor opening presents for Christmas. So. Yep. So uh, we don't see any movement from the soundboard. Like there's no like little dings or whistles or. <laughs> um, but uh, well, we think we're, we think we're recording. We'll find out later on. God bless Molly Tynan for uh, letting us That's know right. if it worked. This may come out like a scream fest or as a whisper. So. <laughs> right. All right, we're in Lent, uh, if you didn't know that. Um, we, um, we recorded last time, right before Lent, right? Yes, yeah. And this is coming out in late Lent. Okay. Possibly even early... No, this will at least If we do yours first, then it'll be Lent. It'll still be Lent. And then yours is going to be Easter? Mine will be maybe... Mine might be Easter week, actually. Or Holy Week, yeah. Holy Week or Easter week, yeah. Because I think it's John and Mike's next, Father John and Father Mike's next. Yeah. Then us. Oh, we have a month, yeah. Okay. Well, we're muddling through Lent, and uh, how's it going? You enjoying yourself? Uh, I am. This has been one of the most reflective Lents I've ever had, actually. Like as far as just to say having kind of deep thoughts about what Lent is and I mean it's always it's always been good since I've been a pastor because it's much easier to I find it's much easier to really deeply process something if you're gonna teach it or if you're gonna preach it in my case. So like I read the Bible very differently if I'm gonna be preaching the Bible about it. And so I, I kind of process what Lent is in hopes that I can share my thoughts with others and I find that I process much better. But for some reason this year, it's been, I've had kind of more, more kind of visceral sensory thoughts about what Lent is, you know, visions of the desert that it is. Hmm. I've also been reading some of the fathers where they talk about like this week for us is uh, the week of the cross. It's right in the middle, we're right in the middle of Lent. And so right. we always commemorate the, the cross, the middle week of Lent. So we celebrate it, we decorate it with flowers. We call it the veneration of the cross on Sunday. And so I had to preach to the kids and adults about the cross. And the, the uh, images the fathers use are like the cross is like a tree in an oasis. You're walking across the desert halfway through, you come upon a, uh, a tree that is a cross. The tree that is the cross. You rest, you get water. It's kind of like a refresher, but it's also like a banner, the banner of a king. So like if you're, if you're watching a parade, you're waiting for the king to come. Before you see the king, you see the banner, kind of his banner, his crest, yeah. announcing his presence. And so Good. halfway through now, we, it's kind of a spoiler alert, kind of a, a teaser. You know, oh, here's the cross. It's coming again at the end, but here's where we venerate it, cover it with flowers, decorate it, and, and rest underneath it, and then get excited in anticipation for the coming of the cross huh. at the end. Yeah. That's a great lead-in to what we're actually doing, because today uh, we're going to talk about the two standards. Okay. That has been the the kind of central theme of my Lent, um, which I never really 
I mean, you make the you make the retreat, the Ignatian retreat, and um, you know at some point you do the meditation on the two standards. Are you familiar with this? I'm not. So, um, a standard bearer. Did right. you ever watch The Patriot? Uh, Mel no. Gibson. I need to. Otherwise known as the um, American Dances with Wolves, okay. or, something like that. <laughs> uh, or maybe that's uh, what is that called? Last Samurai. Last Samurai oh. is Japanese Dances with Wolves. The Patriot is, oh, yeah, American Braveheart. That's what oh, somebody okay. called it, American Braveheart. <laughs> nice. Anyways, um, uh, yeah, so you didn't see The Patriot? I did not. Uh, do you watch, like, Civil War movies? Uh, yeah. Do you know, like, the guy that, like, holds the flag and marches in front of everybody yes. else so that in the middle of the battle you can kind of see where, you know, these people are? Right. Where okay. you're supposed to be pushing towards and everything? Okay. So uh, Ignatius proposes this meditation on the two standards where – you are going to make a choice under whose banner, under whose standard, under whose flag you're going to um, you're going to fight under. Okay. Who are you going to fight with? Um, and so, what begins the meditation is you have to choose a side, mm. and then at some point you're supposed to make an election. In the in the course of the spiritual exercise, you're supposed to make an election, which we'll probably do another podcast on a different time, um, and. Um, yeah, so uh, today we're talking about the two standards. So who are the two sides? Jesus and the Satan. And the Satan. <laughs> the Jesus and the, the Jesus Satan. And the, Satan. <laughs> the Jesus book. Uh, yes, that is correct. Um, I'm going to be using uh, John Hardin's description of the two standards. Okay. John Hardin was a Jesuit, a uh, very famous Jesuit, good man, Maryland province, I think, or maybe uh, Chicago Detroit province. Um, but uh, yeah, just a really, he has these meditations. You can find them online. I found mine at therealpresence.org and uh, John Harden, Father John Harden archives. So here's what he says. Basic to a correct understanding of the spiritual life and every state of life is the fact that the following of Christ is a social venture. Let me repeat, the following of Christ is a social enterprise. We must go beyond the desire for our own sanctification to cooperate with Christ in propagating his doctrine among all men throughout the world. Equally basic is the corresponding fact that the evil spirit is active in his propagation of his doctrine, and he has a doctrine among all men throughout the world. So there are two sides. There are two kind of campaign platforms. The election, when we think of elections, sometimes we think of, you know, well, more often than not, we think of, you know, voting, Right. Who are you going to choose? Uh, at some point, you got to pick a side, and that's going to be your dude. Right. Um, so first, we're going to look at the campaign platform of the Satan. Um, <laughs> and uh, this is not quoting John Harden. This is quoting uh, St. Ignatius. Okay. So bear with me. The chief of all the enemy summons innumerable demons and scatters them, some to one city and some to another throughout the whole world so that no province, no place, no state of life, no individual is overlooked. He goes around to lay snares for men to seek to chain them. First, they are to tempt, they are to tempt them to covet riches, as Satan himself is accustomed to do in most cases, that they, more easily, that they may more easily obtain the empty honors of this world and then come to overweening pride. The first step then will be riches, the second honor, the third pride. From these steps, the one leads to all other vices. So the devil has kind of three planks in his platform. In order to conquer the whole world and to get everyone to come to him, what are the three planks of the devil's platform? According to what you just read? Yeah. 
The money. Riches. Riches. Greed. Honor. Oh, okay. And pride. And First is riches. Okay. Then honor, then pride. So if you think about the way the devil works, like he's going to offer you riches of every different sort. What are the kind of priest riches? What would a priest desire? Probably different than somebody who's, um, say, in the world, but the riches that he offers are no less tempting. I mean, as much as I like these things, you know, shiny vestments, shiny shiny liturgical items. Yeah, like, you know, nice church, working HVAC system, (laughs) uh, huge offertory. Um, What do those things bring you? Well, uh, there there are subtleties here, but, I mean, those can absolutely be distracting. But, like, when people see, like, a beautiful church, you know, we walked into that church in Anaheim, and I was like, wow, that is, I mean, they have... Oh, it brings you you attention. Honor. Yeah. Right? Yeah, honor. And then once he tempts you with riches and honor, what do you begin to think about yourself? You think very highly of yourself. I'm amazing. Yeah. 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 I'm the king. Yeah. Why not? So... (laughs) We we can't just we can't just like lampoon all these people who are who are um you know struggling with riches, honor, and pride. Like, oh, these are the people who just you know shop at all these super expensive stores and buy whatever they want or whatever. Right. The devil can tempt anyone with riches. Yeah, like my well, someone who will remain nameless. Okay, really loves her KitchenAid. Mm. She wants her KitchenAid, and she's got this new KitchenAid. And then what else do you need after you get a KitchenAid? Oh. You need more attachments. Right. I need to get, I need to get every attachment. Right. And uh, then all of a sudden, like, once you get all these KitchenAids, then, you know, people will say, oh, man, you've got that. Nice. And you're like, yeah, it is nice. Thank you. Right. You know, they compliment you on it. And then eventually you just think, I need more of these things. Right. I am owed, like, more tribute. Yeah. Think of, think of iPhones. You always got the next one. Right. Yeah. Right. And the devil puts together a package for every single person. Yeah. Doesn't matter the state of life. You can be married and you can say to yourself, what do I want? What are the things that I really desire? What are the things that I over desire? What are the things that I obsess about? Then perhaps I've gotten them. I have new yoga pants, not me, but somebody (laughs) else. I have a new lawn tractor. I have a new, uh, you know, Ford Taurus or whatever. And then all of a sudden, like, you just begin to amass more and more of these things, seeking more honor so that you eventually end up in pride. Yeah. If your community, if your community encourages you to always have the next best thing and you, and you need, if that's what your community is doing, in a sense, change communities, but if that, that's what they're doing, you, you're never settled, you're never content. Yeah, and the devil doesn't want you to be, because there's always more riches to be had. Yeah, and once you have a few riches, then you can get, uh, you know, attached to them, and then people compliment you on them, and then you just find yourself, you know, seeking more. And 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 once he once he gets you to the state of pride, he doesn't have to do anything more Mm. because you believe I am owed these things because I am so great. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This is this is what. Uh, Hardin says, attachment to the things of this world gradually make a person not only satisfied with what he or she possesses, but hungry for acceptance, recognition, praise, and honor. 
And once, as Ignatius says, once a person becomes a victim of empty honors, then pride follows as a matter of course. Hmm. I've been watching a lot of fishing um, YouTube videos, and when those suckers get the hooks set in one of these big fish, they will run for days, you know, hours. Like, they'll just, they'll just, you know, they can let out all the line they want, but, I mean, if the hook's in there... Wow. I mean, okay. th- you can be brought back in. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. Even the the biggest blue marlin. I mean, granted, I don't think it's days, but I mean, like you know, these guys are on these reels for. They're invested. Yeah. Yeah. Hours. Yeah. Huh. What is the first thing that you remember desiring? And don't say holiness because you're from <laughs> Steubenville. What's <laughs> um, on for Steubenville? I remember. I remember. I got more money than I've ever had in my life at my first communion, which is what like. <sighs> Seven eight, yeah, and I remember like out with that money, I wanted to buy nothing but GoBots. GoBots are like the Go poor bots. kids Transformers. So <laughs> yeah, like so GoBots, and like I I bought this. Not only did I buy a GoBot, I bought the big GoBot that can fit all the little GoBots inside the nice. big GoBot, and uh, yeah, and that was that was I was the pride of the neighborhood. I went I went you through were. I went through every level of what you just described. Within yeah. about a week, as a seven-year-old. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> because of GoBots. Um. Yeah, I mean, the first time I remember getting scolded for stealing was uh, I scraped up some baseball cards on the bottom floor of the IGA uh, grocery store underneath the aisles. Um, but it, that one was just like, oh, they're here. I'll just take them. Um. Yeah, I mean, if I could really point to one thing, and I've, I've said this before, it was Umbro shorts. Hmm. That was what I wanted more than anything else. Okay. I was in like second or third grade, and I was just like obsessed with black Umbro shorts. And um, some of the kids had them, and they just looked super cool. Yeah. And I just knew that it would make my thighs look more muscular. <laughs> and uh, and I, I never got them. And somebody <laughs> offered them to me the other day. I was like, get those things away from me. Um, That's hilarious. So the, 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 in, Lent, in Lent, part of the reason why we pull back from, from the goods of this world is to examine our desires. Yeah. What, are, what are our real desires? Um, and there's always a temptation uh, to just have more and more and more. More of the body, more of money more of time, you know, it's all about me. But uh, if we see that this is kind of the way the devil's operating, then we can examine, is this the flag that I want to fly under? Hmm. Because what the devil proposes is that uh, eventually we will conquer if we amass everything, if I get everything. And it's funny that uh, the devil, like when we talk about uh, Satan kind of taking hold over somebody, it's possession. Yeah. And he possesses you. Hmm. He wants you completely, and yeah. every single person. So, you know, the, one one of the witnesses of fasting that I found during Lent is that you know th- how quickly we are caught into that trap of the devil. Because I know people that, like I, I've already to to you know to begin this, I've already messed up in my Lenten devotions. Like in my prayer fasting, almost giving up, I've already, I've already messed it up. So like, I'm not doing this well, but like when I go out to my normal haunts, people will see that I gave up that I'm vegan. Right. And so I'll say, I went from, I go from the basic breakfast of jelly to oatmeal. And, and that is so amazing to some of the staff there. It's so, and they're like, I have no willpower. 
I have no oil. And then I'll go to Viali and I gave up alcohol. So I'm drinking soda water. It's like they, and I get the same place, same thing from both places. I have no willpower. And I thought, nobody does. I mean, it's, you need to kind of work up to this. You know, if I told yeah. you, you had to go vegan when you hadn't even thought about this before, of course you're not going to. And I've already messed it up. So there's, you know, there's, there's this, this easing into it. And, but I can see how we can say like, I can't even be vegan and alcohol free for 40 days. Yeah. I, I can't. Right. And, and, and like, and you, you said possession, like that's scary. Like I, if if I am if I have that little discipline and willpower, you could almost call that possession, and that is yeah. Uh, I mean, I I know what you yeah, mean. It's I not mean, like we don't need an you, exorcist, but yeah, right. You can choose it. It's just hard for you. Yeah, and you're exercising your will, and it's you notice that your passions are are overly tempted by by the the prop the proposals that are kind of out there. Yeah. And this is why I think the brilliance of the devil is because once he like once he convinces us that we, I think the way he does it because if I think in the moments of temptation, it's like the moment of temptation is because I open my refrigerator and there is still milk in there, and like I should have just gotten rid of it, right? But I open the refrigerator and there's still milk in there. It's like I want a bowl of cereal, so it's like it, when that temptation strikes, why would I ever do it? I just I've been praying a lot, I've been working a lot. Why would I ever do it? Because I don't think the consequences are going to be there. Right. Like yeah. I think really, how is having cereal right now going to at all harm me? And that's the brilliance of the devil: is the temptation comes with I will make sure the devil says we as prisoner ear. I'll make sure there's no consequences to this. And he's he's a deceiver. He's the liar and the father of lies. So like he he when he convinced us in the moment of temptation, there are no consequences. You've done it before, and there were no consequences. You're going to do it again right now, and there's not going to be any consequences for it. And we we lose that that is that is deceit because he's he's separating us from the consequences, the good consequences of communion and growth and holiness and example and, and, and showing there are no consequences when we really should want consequences for our actions if we're truly going to be virtuous people. And detachment. Like, I mean, we want to have detachment. Right, right. Yeah. There are, there are, good, there are good effects to virtue. There are uh, bad effects to vice, but the bad effects seem like um, minimal. They're muted. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're minimal, but like it's just the boa constrictor. Yep, exactly. Slowly, and in a sense, that's the two standards. I preached on this the other day because I think there is. If I woke up in the morning, could I say, "Lord, my prayer for today is that there are consequences to all my actions"? You know, and at the end of the day, can I say that that's like a part of an examination of conscience? did I want there to be consequences for all my actions? In other words, if I did good things, of course I want there to be the consequences, the good consequences. If I, if I, if I showed an act of love to somebody, I want the consequences to be they felt loved. You know, if, if, I, if I did all this work on a project, I want the results and the consequences to be that that project was successful. So, but I think that can actually be the test of the day. Do I, do I want the natural consequences of all my actions? Of course, if I sinned, of course I don't. But if I if I did good things, then I do, yeah. and that could be a test in, in a sense. The two standards. Yeah. Hmm. Well, then here's the other side. You know, the devil gets his chance to speak and to lure and to run his you know political ads, whatever. Now the standard of Christ. In the words of Saint Ignatius, I quote: "Christ, our Lord, the Lord of all the world, chooses so many persons, apostles, disciples, and sends them throughout the whole world to spread his sacred doctrine among all men." 
No matter what their state or condition may be, the address which Christ our Lord makes to his servants whom he sends on this enterprise is to urge them to seek to help everyone, first by attracting them to the highest spiritual poverty, and should it please the divine majesty and should he deign to choose them even to actual poverty, secondly, by encouraging them to desire insults and contempt, for from these two things comes humility. So then there are three steps. The first, poverty, opposed to riches. The second, scorn or contempt, opposed to worldly honor. The third, humility, opposed to pride. From these three steps, Christ leads them to all virtues. So riches, honor, and pride are on one side. Poverty, deliberately choosing dishonor or contempt. And finally, humility. Hmm. Um, Those are the ways in which Christ invites people to participate in his. The devil kind of forces people, like, you know, he's just berating them. You must choose this. Whereas Christ is inviting people Hmm. to poverty and asking them to uh, willingly accept dishonor and contempt. And then finally, like, because of those those two realities, he grants humility mm-hmm. because they, they're so detached from, from pleasures and goods and from uh, attachment to their own person uh, and their own name of sorts that they're willing to accept whatever, even humiliations. Um, that's that's the that's the that's the 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 that's Christ's program, and then the the meditation that that, that Ignatius proposes is that the devil's on the mountain, he's on top of the mountain. He looks like he's the king, King Kong of you know this world. Like right. he will he will dominate everyone. He will win, you know, and he's the man. Yeah. Whereas Christ is on the plain seated with his disciples and inviting people, like inviting people to come and follow him. Um, whereas the devil has these like minions and they're all super beautiful and super attractive and and they driving nice cars and, you know, Jesus is like with the, you know, kind of forgotten people of this world. Yeah, I, th- I think that is something that would need... I think people listening to that might have a lot of questions. Like, what does it mean, poverty? Like, like is this poverty of spirit? Is this is this mean that I actually need to live in need? And then you know, yeah. and then the second one, what what does it mean to invite insult? I mean, how many people actually invite insult? And I, I, I and, and what does that mean? I have thoughts on all this, but I'm, I'm interested to see what you think. Well, I mean, the first thing he says is he attracts them to the highest spiritual poverty, and should it please the divine majesty, and should he deign to choose them even to actual poverty. Yeah. I mean, we have kings and queens and really, you know, like people that live lavish, seemingly lavish lifestyles, even the popes. Like, it's not like they were in want. Right. Um, but they they found a way to, to first embrace spiritual poverty, right. which is I'm not going to create for myself what what it is that I think I need. I'm going to ask the Lord to grant me what I need. Uh, Give us this day our daily bread. And then some actually God chooses for legitimate actual poverty. And those, I mean, you have to say that Francis embraced poverty to a different degree than, uh, say, Charles Borromeo. But, like, 
we would say that both of them were poor in spirit. Yeah. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is in the kingdom of God. Yeah. So they did that. In terms of willingly accepting dishonors and contempt, it's that we realize that our ultimate honor isn't in this world. Right. You can succeed. You can seek to be successful and, and ambitious to a degree, um, but where is your... Where's the ultimate honor that you're looking for in this life? Yeah. Is it in your appearance? Is it in your voice? Is it in your possessions? Is it in, I don't know, your prayer life? I mean, like, yeah. to, 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 accept, to accept what God gives is to accept, you know, the cup of suffering. So I also think that one does, just like with the devil, and this is what Ignatius is getting at, one does lead to the other. So if, if we are... If we are seeking a poverty of spirit, if we're seeking a spiritual poverty, if we're seeking to not be in control of everything and receive the greater things that are beyond our control but are more beneficial to us from God, that's going to invite a certain scorn. I mean, that's going to invite a certain, yeah. a certain mocking of us. You know, whether it's whether it's you know making the sign of of the cross at grace in a restaurant, or if it's just. You know, I mean, I th- I was reading a little thing today, and it said, you know, talk about the bubonic plague, and it just said that there was a you know, all these people had these ideas. It was a very Catholic, you know, time, the Holy Roman Empire in the 14th century. And and so, you know, people were, were trying to rely on novenas and on things like this to get them through. And this, the last line was, of course, faith healings don't work. I mean, there, there's a certain mocking yes. of the faith of anything that we say. I, I posted a thing on Facebook about, hey, you know, um, going into prayer, anybody have any intentions? And somebody who I know to be quite anti-spiritual and anti-Catholic, just, you know, say, I won't say what it is, but he, he, he said something that was, was a bit, you know, passive-aggressively mocking of the request for prayer as if it wouldn't actually do anything. But, but he, he, yeah. he put it in the form of, oh, pray for this, as if, you know, something un, you know, that, that he considers the prayer is going to have no effect over whatsoever. And I just thought that, that little mock right there, you know, it, it, it got me a bit riled up got my heart all flutter. I thought, well, this is, this is that. I mean, th- this is in one sense where I'm putting my, putting my poverty of spirit out there, anybody putting their poverty of spirit out there, and that automatically, the next step invites ridicule, mocking, you know, from family, from friends, whoever. And then that experience, though, is going to, if we don't take, if we don't, if our heart doesn't get a flutter like mine did, if we don't take it as an insult, we don't get all riled up, that's humility, you know, it's like, yeah, but humility is a life of saying, I'm not really important enough to, to take offense at someone's jabs, especially if you're coming from a place like that. You know, I'm, I, I rely on Christ for everything. And so these things are going to come and they're not going to get me angry. They're not going to get me riled up. One of the results of humility. Yeah. I mean, Jesus says, if you were of the world, the world would love you. But since you are not of the right. world, yep. like the world will hate you. Yeah. Like we forget that so often. And when I'm looking for acceptance, I'm looking for honor. Yeah. In a way. And I, I don't I don't I'm not trying to say you can't you should always be on the outside from everybody, but like there's a way in which when we move in the world and we're seeking certain things, we gotta beware of whose side we're we're kind of yeah. fighting on and entertaining. So um yeah, I I think that there is a way in which uh, if you are living a moral life, you will invite contempt. You'll invite yeah. contempt. I mean, these people that I know who aren't living together and they're, you know, engaged 
they're like, all of our friends are like, what are you thinking? Right, like, exactly. Why would you do this? And, That's a great example. And I'm like, I'm like, you blessed are you. Yeah. Blessed are you when they hate you and and mock you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Yeah. Rejoice and be glad. So anyways, um, so I think there's a much longer meditation on that. But for me, like, I mean, St. Ignatius goes through it much, much, much richer in a richer way and then even the retreats that i've gone on you know that's really a central meditation but to me it was like really examining the devil's proposal of riches honor and pride Mm -hmm. and seeing in my own life what it is that he is trying to tempt me with yeah um i again i have my whole i have a whole different package Mm -hmm. whole different package that that he's kind of coming at me Mm -hmm. with and uh, and I, yeah, I'm harumph, harumph. I wonder if the new mics picked that up better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I have to look at it seriously, because if I don't look at it seriously, then I'm actually, in some way, just allowing him to dictate. Yeah. Instead of you know, like being a mindless consumer, instead of somebody who's like, wait, what? What am I? What am I taking in? Yeah. And what am I what am I automatically drawn to, even though that might not be what you know Christ is inviting me to? So so I think that I mean to me, like that's been the central act of Lent. Yeah. Is just is stripping away certain things in my life so that I can see what are my underlying desires. So Yeah, and I, I think that that's I mean, as much as so much of the faith is subtleties and we need spiritual directors, and we need good community, it is very good to kind of go back to the basics and go back to the black and white every once in a while. Every yeah. one of my actions, if I, if I sit down at the end of the day and I put the top 10 actions of the day, and then I say just the most memorable ones, the biggest ones, my, the top 10 actions of the day, which if I had to choose one standard or the other, Jesus' or the Satan's, right. which, 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 one would, <laughs> which, which direction would it go? Which one would this be under? And not, not, again, subtleties are important, but I think that that would be kind of a wake-up call to say, I, how, I invested so much time and energy in this action, and it is, it, it is more identified with the standard of pride, honor, and riches than it is with poverty, inviting insult, and humility. Yeah. yeah. I think the the most the best meditation for me has been what what is the change that I've wanted to see in the world and who has who has affected that kind of change. Yeah. And to me, like the the side that I end up wanting to be on, it's the saints. And the saints are normally like kind of uh ignored by the world. Um right. I mean Mother Teresa was photographed, she was loved, she was kind of, you know, like on Life magazine, whatever, but she didn't have a voice. I mean, she didn't have, like, she, she, granted, she spoke to the, you know, world leaders, but did Bill Clinton change his life because she told him whatever at the National Prayer Breakfast? Right, right. Maybe, doesn't appear so. Right. Um, did John Paul II? He met with so many presidents, so many kings of, of countries and whatever else. Did they change their life? No. They kept yeah. doing exactly what they wanted to do. But for those who were on the same wavelength, they they did, and they did it by invitation, by participating in Christ's redeeming work, and by a hidden darkness that I'm I don't know if I'm fully capable of 
of embracing. Right. I'm like, I want to read all of my books and be so smart that like people would say, whoa, you are so much smarter than Father John. Hmm. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> someone, you know? Right. But like, I mean, it, wh- why? Yeah. You know? What yeah. is it? What is it that actually uh, I'm, I'm looking for? Yeah. So that would be my encouragement for everyone. Final weeks of Lent. As Father Michael said, we're in, we're we're come up on the cross, so it's a good time to examine uh, what is the banner under which I want to fight the cross, or um, I don't know what the devil's banner would be. Um, part of, part <laughs> the of the Apple logo. Part, <laughs> <laughs> part of the brilliance of it might be that there is no obvious banner. I mean, that might be the brilliance of the evil. It's like you know, yeah. There, there's it, it's not it's not clear. I mean, so much so much about sin is just not clear. The cross is so obvious. I mean, that's why we this week we decorate it, we put flowers around, it, we venerate, it, we do a prostration, we we do we as incense because it's like it, it's used as a standard given to us by Christ to remind us. We carry it on our necks, you know. It's in our hospital rooms, it's in our classrooms, in Catholic schools, and Catholic yeah. hospitals. Like like it's just so un, such an obvious. I'm just talking as I think, but you know, I'm yeah. wondering if, if, if the subtlety, the fact that there is no clear banner to kind of have, have an aversion to like, Ooh, you know, th- th- there's the devil's banner and it, the, the subtlety just kind of draws yeah. us in because it's not clear. Huh? Yeah. Well, anyways, good luck. Yeah. Final days. <laughs> yeah. Hold the Christ banner. All right. I have a couple shout outs. I have a whole box of shout outs, okay. but, um, they're packed away cause I'm, <laughs> oh, right, right. we're doing, work on the house so that's right uh, at some point i will get oh i will say uh one uh to ali murphy uh who is who gave us those um chocolates uh the chocolate toffee oh. uh, chocolate therapist nice. in um littleton it okay. was delicious okay we had it for um our lord's day gathering uh and she was at rcia right of election at the cathedral okay. and she gave me a very nice uh email uh, but as you know, it's very difficult for me to answer back on email. Right. So I'd rather just say, what's up on this? So, congrats. <laughs> In a couple more weeks, you'll become a full Catholic, and may the Lord bless you. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about him more in my in my podcast, but I do want to give a shout-out to uh, Scott Collier, to Catfish. Um, 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 yeah. Our, our buddy, who uh, I think he has more time now. Um, I, this, the podcast, the uh, shout-out was invited by a mutual friend of ours, um, Lisa Rona. But she said, hey, give, give Scott a shout-out. Um, and I'm, so I'm guessing you wouldn't mind, but if you, when you hear this, please do say a quick prayer for Scott Collier. He was, he's been sick the past two months, got misdiagnosed with stomach ulcers, was trying to drive a truck, was trying to have an adventure on a motorcycle in Alaska, got sicker, 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 and then finally went to the hospital and demanded, pretty much demanded a CT scan because he was in so much pain and stage four cancer, 42 years old. Um, and it's, I, I don't know if I get the name of it, but it, it's kind of the, all the, the lining of all of his gastrointestinal organs. And so he's a uh, he'll uh, small start bowel chemo, intestine. yeah, small bowel. He had a massive, massive tumor, and they got that out, but it's it's everywhere. So um, we call him Catfish, if you, if you you know Catfish. But uh, say quick prayer for Catfish or uh, Scott Collier if you when you hear this, and we're praying for a miracle, and he starts chemo in a couple of days, and then just pray for him, peace for him and his parents and family and all his friends as well. Yeah, I think they're praying through the intercession of Solanus Casey. Okay. Nice. Well, there we go. Um, so if you can the intercession of Solanus Casey, cool. Right. And actually, I'm just realizing the other one is uh, I cannot give yet because it's a surprise shout out for somebody that has to wait right for a certain it. date. So, yeah. Okay. We'll do that next time. Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram now, iTunes. Mm-hmm. You know. 
catch Father Michael at the L.A. Congress yes. in Anaheim. Father Nathan will not be joining, but, uh, you know. will be good. Oh, uh, two more states. Oh, yes. Let's do uh, Florida and uh, Mississippi. Shout out to Florida, Mississippi. Florida, Mississippi. So some Southern Bells. Um, greetings to all who are listening down there. Try to catch all the 50 in the next year. See ya. All right.